grateful to thee for the privilege that we have of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and Healer and soon returning King to take his reign here on earth. This marvelous promise that we shall be with him here a thousand years and then in eternity forever when he comes to reign upon the throne of his father David. God speaks our hearts for that hour. We believe it's near. And now as we come tonight, let thy mercy bring in our hearts. Give us a great outpouring of thy blessings, for we ask it in his name. Amen. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. Not only is it a pleasure, but a privilege to be in the service of the Lord. I'm thinking tomorrow night is to be back at the Philadelphian church. And um, so I noticed the testimony here. And um, you've read it, yes. I was just wondering. And I got some questions in the mail about uh, some, something that I've been speaking of. I'll try to answer tomorrow night. Or it'll be a preaching service tomorrow, gospel preaching. Those who without the Holy Spirit, may they come and receive the Holy Ghost tomorrow night. Thank you, engineer. <laughs> I'm not very much for strong lights. And <clears throat> so we invite you to come over to the Philadelphia church tomorrow night. And then Sunday night, back here again. Now, I don't know, but perhaps Sunday afternoon the film is 2.30. The film... I want oh, you to I be. Mean, the they have not oh, it's the service Monday or uh, Sunday afternoon at two thirty. Am I to speak that service for the Lord? Um, two thirty Sunday afternoon. Well, that means I start two thirty. That's right. Well, I'll be here, the Lord willing, to start at two thirty. And I let you out, and it'll be about three thirty, about an hour. And then Sunday night is our closing service uh, of, the, of this uh, series of meetings. Then I think it's the 31st, I'm in Little Rock, and the 30 and the 1st at Hot Springs, the 2nd, 3, 4th, begin the 3rd at Lubbock, Texas, to the 11th, and from there, I suppose the Phoenix and on west. Then expect to go overseas this summer, the Lord willing. I certainly thank you for your fine cooperation the other time over there. I understand that many of the people here even fasted and prayed for us while we were over there. And when we come to the end of the road, at uh, when the crown has been given out, you'll find out that you, you'll be the one that gets the praise. I trust it that day. He just let me in. That's all I want, just to get there. No darky not long go down in the south before the proclamation was signed to, for the independence of the freedom of the slaves. One night is a little old place where he's playing the organ and having a glorious time in the service of the darkies that met together to worship the Lord. And while he was in worship, the Lord saved him. And the next day back on the old plantation, he was telling all the slaves that morning when they gathered out about Christ and setting free. So it happened to be that the owner of these slaves come by so they come up from their cabin they get ready to go to work he said Sam what was that I heard you saying to these fellows when I come up that you was free 
He said, yes, sir, boss. He said, the Lord Jesus has made me free. So I want you to come over to my office after a while. So I went over to the office. He said, all right, boss. He said, repeat that again. He said, well, he said, last night in a meeting, uh, the Lord Jesus made me free from the bondage of sin and said, he's put me free and I'm free now. I don't have sin no more because the Lord Jesus forgave me. He set me free. He said, Sam, if you really mean that with all your heart, but I'll go down today and sign the proclamation that you're free from me too to go preach the gospel to your people. And so he said, well, boss, I, I mean it with all my heart that he set me free from the bondage of sin. He said, well, I set you free as a slave to preach the gospel to your brethren. And so after many years to become a great minister, preached a lot of his white brethren. And so at his hour of his death, many of his white brethren come over to see him. And the old fellow lay down in a coma for a while, and they, they didn't understand it just right. And after a while, he was standing around in the house watching for him to go. He woke up, kind of looked around, kind of thought I was already over. <laughs> and he said, well, said, uh... What about it, Sam? What did you see? What is it on the other side? He said, well, I thought I'd just come in this gate to just let me in. But I was standing there and said, uh, one of the angels went up and said, Sam, they come over now to receive your robe and your crown. He said, don't talk to me like that. He said, robe and crown? He said, I don't want no robe and crown. But just let me stand here and look at him for a thousand years. That's, a, that's enough rolling town. I think that's about our feeling, don't you think so? It's about all Christian feelings. I don't care about the rewards that they get there. The only thing is just, just let me be there so I can be where he's at. That'll be enough for me. And I believe it will be for you too. Now, tonight, just for a short subject, I want to read some of the portions of the Word of God found in Numbers, the 19th chapter. And just for a few moments, and then tomorrow night is a sermon at the Philadelphian church. The 19th chapter of Numbers reads like this. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, This is an ordinance of the law which the Lord has commanded, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring thee a red heifer, without spot, or is not a blemish, and upon which has never come yoke. And you shall give her unto Eliezer the priest, that he may bring her forth without the camp, and shall slay her before his face. And Eliezer the priest shall take of her blood with his finger, and sprinkle of her blood directly before the tabernacle of the congregation seven times. Now the ninth verse. And a man that is clean, up the ashes of the heifer, and lay them without the camp in a clean place, and it shall be kept for the congregation of Israel for a water of separation, it is the cleansing for sin. Now, may the Lord add his blessings to his word. 
We're just going to speak for a few moments upon the waters of separation. And then we're going to have a prayer service tonight for the sick because we've got more room here so we can bring the people up and line them up and pray with them. And Sunday night again. Now, in the Old Testament, it was all in types and figures. And the water of separation was made so that it would purify or separate the clean from the unclean, and which was a beautiful type of Christ. And now, separation, to get this water of separation, had to be death, had to constitute the separation, the water of separation. Now, it's always, if you notice, and you have to have death before you can have life. Life only comes by death. And without death, there's no life. I was wondering to the religions of the world that will not even as much as kill a gnat or flee. One of the noted religions of India, they let a boy in one of the clans take off his, the other brother's finger with a pocket knife, and the reason he wouldn't let a doctor do it because the doctor would sterilize the knife and it would kill a germ, which might be some of his relations. Now, how could anyone like that ever receive a blood sacrifice? See, it's just clannish and it's not of God. We can only be redeemed by life through death. And death is the only thing that will bring redemption. And it's just, you've got to have the antidote. You've heard the old expression, the hair from the dead act of the dog is good for the bite. Well, that's right, because it's part of the dog. So the same thing applies. If it takes, if sin came by death, it'll take death to counteract sin. And so... Everything, even life itself, comes by, by death. Physical life comes by death. Did you know that? That physical life comes by death. How does it come? The first thing we do, we find out that the food that we eat is made of, goes into blood. Blood becomes our life. Some time ago I was talking to a doctor. And I said, Doctor, is it true that whenever I eat a meal, I renew my life? He said, Correctly. I said, Because the food that I eat turns into blood cells, and blood cells renews, and uh, life is in the blood, and it makes new life. He said, That's right. I said, Well, then, why is it when I was 16 years old, I eat the same kind of food I eat now, and every time I eat, I got stronger and bigger all the time? And now I eat the same kind of food and getting older and weaker all the time, if I renew my life. That's a good one for scientific research, isn't it? Why is it? If I more life I put in, bigger I would get. More life I put in, stronger I would get. But now I put the same kind of life in, same kind of food, and getting weaker and older all the time. It's because God has said. That's right. And my days would just be so many. And that's the reason when I pass about 22 to 25, 
every human being, you start dropping back down, death sets in. No matter how much life you put in it, it's still death in the body. But you have to have a life in the body to live. But the blood cell will not be effective upon the, the term time of your age. It will not. No matter how much you eat or what you do, God has said, and that's it. When that picture comes up to the place where God wants it, he said, all right, death, there it is. So death starts taking you down. No matter what you do or how much cause, medics, is that his gun? You put on, you're just getting old, sister, that's all. See, you're just getting old. And that's the same way with you, brother. See, just getting old. But the grave will come just the same because God has said it was going to be that way, and it's going to be that way. And one day it's going to catch up with you. That's right. And when it does, it's going to take you out of this life, but that's all it can do to you. In the resurrection, anything that death did to you will not be allowed at the resurrection. Just what life gives you, God grows you up to a young, strong man and woman, then death come in and taking you out, and all death did to you, withering you down, it'll never have no effect in the resurrection because you only resurrect to what you was at perfection, for God had you. That's a wonderful thing. But now notice, all the time that when you're producing life in here, keeping you alive, something has to die constantly to keep you alive. Did you know that? Well, you say, why about it? The steak you eat tonight, a cow had to die for it. Is that right? The fish you eat tonight, a fish had to die for it. Is that right? The kale you eat tonight, or the spinach, the spinach had to die. See what I mean? The potato had to die. Something has to die, and you eat the dead remains of something to make you alive. It makes carpuscles, it makes uh, blood cells, rather. It makes, and so you're constantly eating something dead to keep you a living. See? Life physical can only come out of, of death. And life spiritual can only come out of death. See? Christ had to die to make us all alive, quicken us. Is that right? So it's only through no matter what church you belong to, how many times you shook hands with the preacher, how many names you got on the book, or how many churches you belong to, it doesn't mean that. You've got to absolutely accept the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And not only that, but you've got to die yourself. You've got to die to every thought of the flesh so that you can receive the mind of Christ and walk from henceforth, not of your own, but of his mind. The mind of Christ in you. That's the only way you can stay alive. That's the only way I can stay alive. That's the all I live by, is by the Holy Spirit. God said, man, or Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He was tempted by his appetite. And he said, If man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God, because as a physical man has to live by bread, so does a spiritual man have to live by the Spirit. Before the physical man could eat bread, wheat has to die. Or barley or corn or what the bread was made out of. It has to die. And before the spiritual man can live, Jesus Christ had to die that he, if the man could live by Christ. See, so that makes it perfect. Now, the separation. Christ was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. you believe it? Hey. Notice, always, he was the Lamb slain. 
Figuratively, God gave many, we've been taking this week many times where God made a figure speaking of Calvary. So this time, when he, God bringing his children out of the chaos of darkness of Egypt, he brought them out to take them to his promised land, and on the road he was making preparations for everything that they had need of. When they had need of something, God had a preparation of it. Last evening we were speaking of Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And now, seeing that they were coming out, God made a water of separation. And that water speaks of Christ. And the separation waters. Now we'll watch how it was made. Oh, it's striking to watch every phase of God's Word move straight to Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, we had laws and bylaws and things that people had to do by the works of the law to be saved. But God wound everything in the Old Testament right up and put it in Calvary that the believer now only has one thing to do, look to Calvary and be born again. That's all it is. Just so simple. The laws and all the ceremonies and everything passed away with the shedding of the blood. Well, my shadow was coming to me when it, my shadow and I meet, my shadow is no more. But I took the place of my shadow. And that's the way the law was and the, so forth. The Old Testament was a shadow of the New Testament and was fulfilled. Grace and law met at Calvary and law was fulfilled and grace come into existence. Amen. Now... God telling Moses and Aaron, as he was the prophet and priest, Moses the prophet, Aaron the priest, he said, now I want you to go out and get a heifer, a young heifer, which has all one color, one complete color, red. Red, we always think, looks of the red is danger. Red does signify danger on a light or so forth, but red in the scripture signifies redemption through the blood. Harlot Rahab, when she puts the scarlet streak down, and all through the Bible is a scarlet streak. Redemption comes through red, through the shedding of the blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And how that God said, go get this heifer that Red all over, not one spot of anything else, but perfectly red. For God looked through red, and you know what color red is looking through red? Red through red makes white. Try it one time. Red through red produces white. So when God looks through the blood of Jesus Christ to we who are scarlet red with sin, and covered by the blood, he sees us white as snow. Though your sins be red like crimson, they shall be white like snow. God looking through the blood. He doesn't see you no more as a sinner. He sees you redeemed. Amen. You're redeemed because he only sees you through Christ. That's the reason we can be perfect. Not perfect in the sense of sinless. We're perfect in the eyes of God when we're in Christ. 
That's the reason he said, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Paul in the 10th chapter of Hebrews trying to explain the law, having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of the things, could never make the comer unto perfect. Because God was looking through animal blood. But now he looks through the blood of his Son. Perfection come by Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not perfect in your sight. You may not be perfect in my sight. But what about in God's sight? That's where it lays. And if you are born again into the body of Christ, then God looks upon you as a perfect as Christ was himself. Amen. Nothing you can do. It's not by any works you can do it all. It's by grace God has given you this offer. And if you've accepted it in the sight of God, you are perfect. Redeemed, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Without fault, without blemish, without spot. Isn't that marvelous? I just oftentimes wonder what's the matter with the Christian church they are so scared of things. Well, you've got nothing to be scared about. The first words there Jesus said after that is, Fear up! See, don't fear, don't get scared. There ain't nothing going to happen. Nothing can happen. Nothing can bother a Christian. Amen. Not even death itself can't even touch the Christian. He didn't hear my words and believeth on him and sent me ah, everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but has passed from death to life. Amen. Death itself has no reign over a Christian. Christ died in our stead. Amen. What a marvelous, what, what a faith that ought to build up in the people. Something else told them art. You'll never get nothing by being a little jellyfish Christian. No, sir. Did you ever see a jellyfish? You just hit him, he splatters all over everything. See? A jellyfish. You know what usually eats them? The crabs and things along the side of the seashore. Comes up with his pinchers and cuts them in two and takes them down because the jellyfish just lays there. Brother, we need some Christians, not jellyfish, but with a backbone. That's right. It'll stand, oh, I don't mean to fuss with people, but stand for your God-given rights that Christ died for. Certainly not pushed around. We don't have to be. No, sir, we got, a, we got an inheritance. Amen. And our inheritance belongs to us. It's your privilege to have anything that you inherited to accept in Jesus Christ and dying to yourself. How marvelous. Yes, your Satan said, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. No, you ain't going to do nothing. That's the way to talk back to him. Say, I know my position in Christ, and you just might as well get away. I ain't listen to you no more. I got an inheritance. And we got a title deed to it. Abstract. Goes all the way back to Calvary. The day of Pentecost. When he said, This promise isn't to you and to your children, and them that far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Abstract deed. Amen. Clear all the way back to Pentecost. How far does it go back? How many is it far? As many as the Lord will call. If the Lord calls you, he gives you an abstract title. Amen. All the way back in the blood of Jesus Christ, as just as good as it was been said ten minutes ago. It's to every believer, it's your possession. 
You're just scared to use your rights, that's all. Somebody, a big, when you go home tonight, you Christian, respectable people here in the city, a big bunch of drunks and things has moved in, taken over your house, say, well, what about this? Look at here, they say, this is a house, isn't it? Yes. Well, uh, it's made for human beings, is it? Yes. Well, I'm a human being. I have a right to be here. But you don't have a right to be there. We don't believe in that kind of carrying on. Well, he said, I'm not going to get out. There's a law down here that says he will get out, as long as you can prove it's your house. Is that right? Satan yeah. said, no, I'm going to take you prematurely. I'm going to do this. No, you're not. We got a title to this property of ours. That's right. And we got, a, we got an attorney setting glory. Amen. Amen. With a blood sacrifice of his own life. Yeah. Not only that, but we got an FBI agent. Amen. The Holy Spirit, God's great detective. Just bleed that blood there and serve that morning. Watch the Holy Ghost put him out. Amen. There you are. Yours. Whosoever will, let him come. Oh, it's marvelous. Notice in the shedding of the blood. Now he said, I'll tell you, you must take this. I'll watch the priest sit and bring, but the congregation brought. The heifer for the murder, for the sacrifice, for the killing. And the congregation brought Jesus to Calvary, which was the time. They condemned him and brought him to Calvary. That they could slay. And notice, he must be killed in the sight of Eliezer and the company. And Christ was killed in the presence of of the high priest and all the company of Israel. And notice, when they died, when the heifer died, the red heifer was killed, then they taken her blood on the fingers of the high priest and walked before the congregation, before the doors of the congregation, and struck it seven times. Seven times of blood as a public testimony to the public, it was lifted up before the door seven different times that was struck there, showing it through all the seven different dispensations that the blood of Christ uh, is still a public testimony. First thousand years, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Amen. When we see him sitting on the throne of David, he'll still have the scars on his hands to show that he's the Redeemer. Amen. Notice, then he said, after doing that, then the heifer should be burned, which was on the brass altar, speaking of judgment, divine judgment. Then after that, then there was to be made a water of separation. In that was to be put cedar wood, scarlet wood, and hostess. Speaking of the cross and the hospice, meaning Christ on the cross, those three elements was always used when a sacrifice was in the Bible. Back over in Exodus, the uh, 14th chapter, and the first to the four, or the first verse, fourth verse, pardon me, and the sixth verse, when God told them when they were to make the sign of the cross on the door that the lamb was to be killed just before the going out. And they 
dipped uh, this wood in hyssop and struck it on the lintel of the doorpost. And it was proven that when I see the blood, I'll pass over you put on by hyssop wood. Hyssop is a little brush like a sagebrush. The cedar scarlet was practically like a redwood cedar, which was made into a big timber. But the, the hyssop was a bunch of sagebrush-like, called hyssop brush. They dipped it into the charger of blood and throwed it over on the, uh, like a broom sage or something on that order, and sprinkled it on the place. And it was always included the same way at every sacrifice, for the cleansing of sin, for the cleansing of leprosy. What taking place? They got two turtle doves, killed one, over an earthen vessel with running water, poured its blood into an earthly vessel. The earthly vessel, speaking of Christ's humiliation, Christ humiliating himself, coming down, taking on an earthly vessel. And over the running water, which the water in that place spoke of the Spirit. And one dove was killed. And in this was put cedar, scarlet, and hyssop. And the hyssop sprinkled the living bird, and was, the living bird was taken out in the field and turned loose. And when the little wings of the fluttering and flying like that with the blood of its dead mate on it, for a cleansing of leprosy, which is a type of sin, was a type of the church. With the blood of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died in his sin, and the blood cried, Holy unto the Lord. Amen. The blood strengthened the ground, Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. A cleansing of lepers. I just learned from some medical research the other day what leprosy is caused from. The wrong diet. That's what causes sin, is the wrong spiritual diet. Because of the eating leprosy, right. only God alone can cure. All right. Notice in them now the cedar, hyssop, and scarlet wood was included there. So the cedar, scarlet, and hyssop was all thrown together, which we could see what the dispensation, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all in one, and so forth. If we had time to go into it, but it's getting late, and I haven't got the time. Well, just speaking of it, in the three dispensations, we could bring it down through the Old Testament, through the seven church ages of the seven strokes and so forth, that looking through those streaks of blood there, the seven different streaks represent the seven church ages, Israel, natural, and the Gentile church in spiritual. Seven church ages, just exactly the same way. And, uh, the, and the, uh, Israel had seven church ages right in its bloom of its best come Ahab and married this idolatry and brought an idolater in and called idolatry in Israel. The Christian church did the same thing out of the dark ages, come right in and married right into the same thing and brought idolatry into the Christian church again. See? Just exactly, perfectly in this middle age. Now, I want you to notice quickly, then all this hyssop, cedar, and so forth was thrown in with the red heifer and was burned and made a water of separation that when an unclean person that was defiled had to come and go through the waters of separation which separated them from their uncleanliness and made them holy they enter into fellowship again with the rest of the congregation. 
Oh, what a beautiful picture. That separation, the waters of separation separated the guilty and made them holy and brought them back into fellowship again. That the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness and makes us holy and puts us back into fellowship again with the Father. See? Beautiful, isn't it? Notice, now what was the water separation type of? The water of separation was a type of the Word of God. The Word. Now I believe it's over in Ephesians here at the um, fifth chapter. It says that He might sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of the water by the Word. See? Washing of the water of separation by the Word. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and became, you see, the water of separation. Amen. And everything that Christ died for and promised in His Word is yours as freely as the water runs. For if you are if you have uh, sin, apply the word. It's the water of separation. Now, the water of separation separates you from sin. If you are weary, apply the water of the word. And if you are sick, apply the water of the word. For it separates us from sickness. It separates us from sin. It separates us from weary. It separates us from every attribute that sin produced. Yes, oh, I love it. For he has washed us and cleansed us through the washing of the water by the word and separated us unto himself of believing people set aside from the world to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he might manifest himself to the outside world through the Holy Spirit operating through this inside of the blood cell. Oh, I hope you see it. The blood cell bursted at Calvary. Life is inside the cell. And then it broke the cell. Christ did first, bringing himself into the womb of a virgin and creating around himself a cell, a blood cell that multiplied into many cells and brought forth the Son, Christ Jesus, and at Calvary, this blood cell was broken by a sinful Roman spear as it pierced him in the heart. Right in the middle of the heart is a little place in a human being that isn't in an animal. A little place in there which is, they think it's the soul of man. There's not a blood cell touches it or anything. And in there is the human soul. And Christ was pierced through there. That the blood cell is a pierced like that tore loose the blood cell and set the Holy Spirit at liberty for God to call through that and bring the believers through the blood cell back into fellowship with himself again. Oh my! Through the washing of the water by the word. What does the faith come up by hearing and hearing by the word of God? 
and we accept the word and believe the word that he was wounded for our transgressions. What was that separation to do? What did it separate them from? As soon as they received the separation, they were free. And what was Christ separated from? What did he separate us from? The Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastism of our peace upon him. And with his stripes, we were separated from our diseases. Separated from our sins. Separated from our weary. Separated from our iniquity. And separated from our sins by the word, which was Christ. That was made flesh as well among us. The word becomes flesh. And the flesh was broke at the blood cell, was broken loose that the believers could be brought through the spray of the blood from Calvary. Oh, my. What a... My hopes is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood with righteousness. All around my soul gives way, then he's all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other grounds is sinking sin. All other grounds, every church, every denomination, ever whatever, all other grounds is sinking sand. Whether it's mother, father, loved ones, whether it's friends, whatever it is, all other grounds is sinking sand. On Christ alone I stand. It's an individual affair, not a group of people, but it's to you as an individual that you yourself, as a soul, a human being, might notice might forsake your own thoughts. As long as you have your own thoughts, your own ways, your ways are contrary to God's ways. And you cannot be right and think your own thoughts. For you've got to die to your own thoughts. Do you know that? Your thoughts, as long as you look at it, you look at it materially, you say, oh, well, that can't happen. It's just not reasonable. It's not sensible to even think such a thing. As long as you do that, then you'll stay in your same condition. You get to a place where you can not think your way, but come into Christ and think His way of thinking. Take His Word. Then things begin to shape different. For you are dead. And your life is hid in God through Christ and sealed by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, that walk not after the flesh, what the flesh says, but walk after the Spirit. Isn't that marvelous? God separating us from the things of the world. Nothing we could do. We were dead in sin trespasses. Without hope, without God in the world, alienated, cut off, going to a devil's hell, a sinner's grave. And in due season, Christ died for us all, producing and giving to us the waters of separation. And God, by grace, called us through this water, separated us from our sins, and brought us unto himself, a peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifice, the fruits of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Shall we pray? Father God in heaven, this word, how it makes us free and sets us free, the water of separation. It sets our thinking free. We don't no longer think with our own minds, 
We just depend on what he said in the Word. Can't go wrong. God, you use the one who says you separated. And then if we're separated from our own thoughts, separated from our own ideas, we are lost then in you, and we just believe what you said. No matter how unreasonable it may seem, you're the God of circumstance. You're able to keep that what you have promised. And as Paul of old said, I am persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against the day. Father, here it is. Closing up of the meeting soon. Let's go somewhere else and preach the gospel. Now pray tonight that many will receive Christ as personal Savior. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come into this marvelous fellowship of believers. May many... Methodist tonight receive it. Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic, Pentecostal, Nazarene, Pilgrim, Holiness, and all of thy children everywhere, Lord. May they come into Christ Jesus by the washing of the water through the Word. For we ask that in Christ's name, amen. Now I have the healing service coming right on now. <clears throat> I know nothing about it. We don't, no one else knows. We just come down and I can say, I ask them how many cards they give out. They just say they give out so many cards. I might start at one, I might start at 25, I might start at 75 and come backwards, or sometimes just call one at a time. That comes in the line. Usually it's not. They give a card and they have on there their name and a letter. They just come up and say, here I am. Then the ones out in the audience don't have prayer cards out in there. They just raise up their hands. They want to be prayed for. And all at once they start moving. What happens? It's not me that does it. I have no way to control it. It's you that's doing it. Your faith is what does it. See? All at once I feel myself getting weak like I am right now. What is it? The anointing of the Holy Spirit is near. The angel of the Lord, whose picture you've seen, I guess they stole him. I'll tell you a while ago. Tomorrow night will be the last night of them. See, we won't sell on Sunday. So then, says, uh, yeah, I begin to feel that weakening. Weakening. What is it? It's in another another world. It's another dimension. Maybe somebody never seen it. That's the scientific picture of it. Now that, that there is what begins to come down. And then the human begins to fade away, see. And you come into another dimension. And the people's faith is the pulling at now, it wasn't Jesus that healed the woman that touched his garment. She said, that's what I want to do. She said in her heart, there was no scripture for it. She said, but if I just touch his garment, I'll be made well. So she slipped around, touched his garment, and run back in the congregation and stand there looking around. Someone said, what makes you give out so quick, brother? Jesus said, who touched me? He said, well... Oh, all the audience, everybody's trying to touch you, the apostle said. He said, but strength went from me. Right. See, now that strength that went out somewhere, somebody touched with the real faith. Jesus, now that wasn't, what, what operated that? Now watch what Jesus said. He looked around over the audience to see where it was, that strength was pulled from him. 
You seen the woman? She said, "Thy faith is saved you now. That blood issue's gone." See? Now what? Thy faith has required. See, your own power of faith has pulled from the supernatural God the desire of your heart. See, it's your faith that does it, not my faith. If my faith is doing it, I'd pull every little child out of that audience tonight and bring them up here and make them well. Little children, anyhow. See, I would do it. But it's not my faith that does it, it's your faith that does it. It's not me that knows it, I'm just a man. But it's the gift of God. See, it's Him that does it. It's not me you're pulling at, it's Him you're pulling at. And he is in the supernatural. When your faith pulls like that, I just become a mouthpiece to him. When he breaks forth something, shows a vision, and that's just something. Uh, I'm another to the scientist, another dimension. The sixth sense, the fourth dimension, or whatever you want to call it. To me, the Holy Spirit. That's right. Surrender. I hear sensitive woman. I'm an Anglo-Saxon. She's an Ethiopian. <coughs> in origin. Almost exactly the same picture that when Jesus talked to a woman at the well. He was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. Is that right? <clears throat> I don't know you do, I lady. I've never seen you. know nothing about you. Never seen you in my life. Is that right? This is our first time ever meeting or knowing anything of one another. Is that right? Here it is. Now, what could I do? We're the same blood, she being Ethiopian and me, uh, Anglo-Saxon and the Chinese, the yellow man, we're all one blood. Just each one can transfuse the blood for the plasma. But you can't transfuse your blood by an animal, it has to be by human. Alright, then the same blood that was bursted at Calvary to make the waters of separation to separate me from my sins bursted for her to separate her. The same blood that separated me from my sickness is sure to separate her. The same blood that gives me the desire of my heart for things that I needed for the kingdom of God can do the same for her. Now there's only one thing can happen now. Something has to happen beyond the senses of human beings to declare to this woman what's wrong or what she's here for. If he will, I don't say that he will. But I believe he will, because that anointing is on me. He, he's on me now. This very angel of God that you see this light. I just, my, even my face is feeling like it's that thick. It's just that taking over. See? That's the reason I feel faith pulling in the audience. Just where's it at? I don't know. But it's faith. As soon as you catch that, it's just something happens. Now, ladies. If you just walk right up here, <clears throat> i just talk to you just a moment. Now, you and I being total strangers to each other, and as you've heard me on the, uh, the uh, talking to the people, then therefore there has to be something happening. Isn't that right? If I would, if I'd say, well, um, uh, just guess something, it's, well, you're here to um, ask me, uh, uh, whether you should join this church or that, or something like that, or whatever, whatever you're here for, I don't know. See, and you know that I don't know it because I have no way of knowing it. But 
if God will reveal to me by his Son, Jesus Christ, according to his word, that what you're here to ask me, or what I can do for you, if he'll reveal it, will you accept that I have told you the truth in this year being, being the angel of the Lord, would reward you for Now, I want to... You see, that looks like a milling fire. See? That's what the scientists said that it tested it and so forth. And it is. It's an emerald light. But I, I just want to say something to you now. You're conscious that there's something going on that's not by man. Isn't that right? It's not, now, what it is, that feeling that you feel, it's not me. I'm just the man. But it's, that's what it is right there. It's in another world. Just like coming through here is, is radio, television, pictures coming right through us too. But it can't capture it, you see, because we're not made for that. But we are made to hold the Holy Spirit. See? And in there, it begins to draw a picture, like the, the tube in the, the television. And then it breaks forth through human eyes. And then I see by God's television, God's vision of what your trouble is, then it's him that's doing it. You believe that? Now, if he will reveal it, you'll accept him to give you your desire. Between you and I, I see something bleeding, blood. And I see the examination shows that that's a that's a tumor, a bleeding tumor. Very serious. That is true. See how our Heavenly Father knows things? Now, you, you understand what that feeling is here? That's Him. Being that you're looking this way again, you're a married woman. And your husband is not well either. You believe that God can reveal to me what's wrong with your husband? You do? Sure. Yes, Tyler. That's right. Is that right? That's right. And here's another thing. You're trying to get your husband to become a real Christian. That's right. Isn't that right? That's right. Does that satisfy you this year? I'll go over and see what you've asked for. You believe? Just be reverent. Just believe. Now, before I get too caught away, I want to ask you something. There should be every person in here should receive it right now. If man comes and says anything, and God doesn't back it up, it's wrong. But if he, God backs it up, you, you're doubting God then. Right. You're not doubting me no longer. You could doubt me ten minutes ago, but you can't doubt me now. Next, the person you're doubting now is God. The scientific reproof, the scientific proving of it, and the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit. Is this? Yes, please. Come here, please. We are strangers to each other, are we, lady? 
we are. We both be the Anglo-Saxon tonight, the white race. Did you see what the Lord Jesus did for this Ethiopian woman? Well, that he can do the same for you if he so desires to do. You believe that, do you? Now, he's no respected person. He'd be to you just like he was to her. He loves you just like he loves her. He can do the same for you that he did for her. You just come out of the hospital. And it was in your, up here in your lungs, is your trouble. You've been in there several days. To be exact, about 13 days is how long you've been in the hospital. You're Mrs. Bishop, aren't you? I hear the doctor call you that when you come to your bedside. Now you're going to get well, Mr. Bishop. Go in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, oh, 
Do you believe that he's going to be healed? With all your heart? Well, come here. Father God, I bless her and bless her loved one, and may she go from here tonight a normal, well woman. Granted, in Jesus Christ's name, I ask it. Amen. God bless you. Go on your road. That two friends you were standing for. Yes, sir. For myself, too. That's right. That's right. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. If Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe it. You believe it with all your heart. You believe it. That God is here to heal you and to, to make you well. You have someone you're standing for, too. That's a polio case. Bad. Sickness. Or shot right by behind you there, see. Just a minute. Pull that little fella out, that little boy. Just a minute, something come before me then. It's right down in here. It's that lady sitting there with arthritis, that's what is sitting right down there. God bless you, and the other sitting there next to sinus trouble. You believe with all your heart the Lord Jesus makes you well? All right, stand up, you're both healed. Amen. Let's say praise be to God. Just believe with all your heart. You can have what you ask for. God bless you, lady. That's the way to believe. All right. Come with reverence. Come believing with all your heart. How do you do, sir? Do you believe with all your heart? Oh, now I see the vision. I know our Heavenly Father would grant it. You got a leg that's been broken. Is that right? And you got a little grandson or something, a little child or something that's deaf and dumb or something like that. Isn't that right? That's exactly. Now you go on your road rejoicing, you're going to get what you ask for. Let's say praise the Lord. The Spirit all around is hard sometimes, but just give the Holy Spirit the chance. It'll... All right, come here, lady. You believe with all your heart? Now it's setting up all over the building. It's everywhere. Just, it's just coming everywhere. suffer with nervous trouble. You have neuritis, arthritis, both. There's something connected to you. You're about a minister. You must be a minister's wife. You are a preacher's wife. I hope still just God bless you, brother. That's that 
spirit in man. Now, just a minute. I see a pulpit. I see a man again. It's a, it's a minister. He's sitting right down in here, and he's suffering with a rupture, sitting right down there. A minister of the gospel that has a rupture. Believe, my dear brother, do you believe with all your heart? And you can get well also. And do you believe with all your heart? Then you can be healed. Now you go on your road rejoicing. Let's say praise the Lord. Have faith. The lady with her hand up there with the high blood pressure, you don't have to worry about it. The more Jesus Christ makes you whole. Amen. God bless you. There's a lady sitting right back there with the, the gallbladder trouble. You don't have to worry about that anymore, sister. Lord Jesus Christ makes you whole. Why, he's sure to make every one of you whole if you believe it. Right? Do you believe it? Do you believe the water separation is now upon you? Brother and sister, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm your brother. This whole building's becoming illuminated just now with the powers of Almighty God. Do you believe with all your heart? Let's stand to your feet right now while you can get in while the water's in trouble. Let's pray. Everybody raise up your hands everywhere. Raise up your hands. Raise up your hands down the prayer line here. Just a minute. Oh, what a 